Welcome to Talking Facts, and thank you for tuning in to Cancer Conversations on Talking Facts, a podcast collaboration between the University of Kentucky Markey Cancer Center and the UK College of Agriculture, Food and Environment's Cooperative Extension Service. We will share with you the latest developments in cancer prevention, diagnosis, treatment, and research from the experts at Markey Cancer Center, Kentucky's only National Cancer Institute designated cancer center. Talking Facts is hosted by the UK Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Cancer Conversations on Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Julie Case Steffi, a Senior Oncology Social Worker with the University of Kentucky Marquee Cancer Center. Welcome, Julie. Thanks for inviting me today. Uh, Today, Julie, we are going to talk about cancer support groups. I assume both for the individual, the patient, the person that might be um, coping with cancer diagnosis and treatment, but then also maybe for um, family members or loved ones that are supporting that individual. So I just thought we would start off today and talk about what are support groups in general? You know, support groups are an opportunity for people who are living with cancer to come together and share their experiences. They come in a lot of variety these days, which is really exciting, and that's constantly developing thanks to technology. Some are in person, some are available online by our our good friend Zoom, where we can join from our living room or wherever we might be. There's also online chats now where folks can kind of submit questions and get information from their peers. So it's easier than ever to try out a support group if it's something that you've ever been interested in. So by nature, I'm a little bit of a introvert. Sometimes my job forces me to be more of an extrovert, but when when I'm just dealing with me and my family, I'm more of an introvert. And so sometimes the idea of sitting down and talking to a group of people that I don't know can seem intimidating or scary or way out of my comfort zone. I assume that you kind of work with all kinds of folks across that spectrum. Um, Do you care to share a little bit with us just about maybe the importance or the value that you see from folks participating in, in support groups? Well, it is one of the most special times that I've seen in my career as a social worker is when people connect at that level. There's just such a deep connection when someone who's living with a similar diagnosis or treatment is able to share something that resonates with the person. It speaks to them in a different way than those of us who are clinicians could ever do. And people, even when they're surrounded by very well-meaning and loving family and friends and have a large support group, living with cancer can feel very alone. And so I really encourage if folks are, are having that experience, feeling alone, trying a support group really could be the answer. It's not to replace individual therapy or counseling, but it's a great thing to augment your care. And the great news is you can try it. And if you don't like it, I do not recommend that it be a forced or should. It should always be more of a benefit than a burden. You mentioned that there's all different types or modalities of support groups, if they're in-person or online or via chat, et cetera. If a person is interested in 
learning more about support groups, how is it that they could find one maybe in their local community or how is it that a person would even begin to reach out? I really recommend, and you're going to hear my bias, but I recommend asking for your cancer center social worker. With it changing so frequently and with there being so much available on a national level, local level, it's helpful to have someone help you search through that and help you based on your interest. One thing also to consider right away is are you more interested in a peer led or or self-help type cancer support group because those are out there? Or are you interested in one that's facilitated by a professional? And I always recommend that folks feel comfortable in that environment. And so they feel that what they're what they're saying is held in confidence, that, you know, the environment is friendly and welcoming. So there is a lot of opportunity just to really trust your gut there. Again, we want it to be something that folks it feel adds to their sense of support. So you mentioned and cancer center social worker, mm-hmm. and I may I may have just kind of flubbed up that title there a little bit. But an individual such as yourself, I know that the Marquee Cancer Center here on UK's campus that they have a tremendous amount of wraparound services for for their patients and the families is it is that they serve. Is it typical to find that person in that position at other cancer centers? Yes. If it's a, a commission on cancer accredited cancer center, you're going to have someone who's a social worker or a navigator, somebody in that role that's really there to help you coordinate resources and provide you support. So that's really a good place to start. Yeah. And I think that's great for folks to know that there that there are support folks out there and that they just, if they're not aware of who they are or how to contact them, that they just need to reach out and that they ask. need to know to ask, right? They need you to know, know to what ask. you don't know. That's kind of hard. Yeah. Exactly. So we talked about support group for the individual that might have the cancer diagnosis or that is currently undergoing treatment. Are there similar support groups for family members, loved ones, children, um, kind of all all the other folks that might be supporting the individual with cancer. There are. A lot of those are more nationally based. So, you know, for instance, uh, you can always start out with your particular diagnosis with their foundation or their organization. So, for instance, for prostate cancer, there's the S2 prostate. It's an international, actually not just national, but international organization. It's a trusted source and it'll give you information. They open up a lot. For example, a lot of their webinars, a lot of their education to anyone who's living with cancer and their loved ones. And that leads to something else. Some support groups have more of an educational focus and others are more there as an open process where you're sharing your stories and lending your experience in hopes of helping someone else. So there's a great variety. One thing that I like about support groups so much is that it can meet the patient where they are, whether they're newly diagnosed, they might drop into a support group just to kind of see some folks who are further along the cancer experience. It's very powerful when you're newly diagnosed with something and you come in and share, this is my diagnosis and someone else, all they say is, 
that was my diagnosis 10 years ago. And here I am, you know, that that's it. That sentence alone can be very empowering. It can really provide a lot of hope. Studies show that, that it does help with quality of life. So, but I don't want the takeaway from the podcast to be, you got to go to one or uh, a loving friend or family member saying, You've got to go in order in order to get through this. You've got to go. But what a great thing to add to your to your tools. One thing that I see when caregivers have participated either in a group that's open to that where the patient and the caregiver can attend or maybe it's a more of a group geared towards caregivers. And there are quite a few out there, like with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, they offer one for caregivers of people living with blood cancers. They do get to ask questions that maybe they feel uncomfortable talking with their loved one about. So it gives them this format to share things that might be uncomfortable otherwise. And Just to get that validation and that reassurance, I can't tell you how many times I've had folks when they come in and they connect that way, say, I'm not going crazy after all, you know, (laughs) I think we all need that. Sometimes we need that validation and reassurance that we're okay. I really like your reference to a support group as as a tool in your kit that that you can choose to use at times and maybe at other times if it's not a fit it's it's not a fit and as you were talking about the national support groups and all the different ways to to reach out one of the things that kind of popped into my head that as we're wrapping up today I, I'd like to ask you about what about and are there cautions for like social media support groups or things that you would find online that may not be ran through a national cancer center, et cetera. Are there cautions? Are those generally considered safe? Is that a great way to reach out and make connections? Can you talk a little bit about kind of that forum? I think that's a really, that's a great question. And that's why the first thing I recommended when I talked about looking for a support group is to talk to either a navigator or a social worker so they can help you sort through that. You know, social media is a great way for us to connect, but unfortunately, it's an also a great way for folks to share misinformation. It, it, very well-meaning. I, I don't mean that this is malicious or but to share information that might be uh, incorrect to try to sell you something, <laughs> you know, I have vulnerable time in folks' lives when they're living with cancer and they're trying to do the right thing and they're reaching out for information and support. So, you know, one of the pros is always if you're if you're participating in something that is monitored by either a national organization or is facilitated by a clinician, that is their job is to help provide a safe, confidential environment. Excellent. I think great Great reminders for all of our listeners and kind of where to take that first step. Julie, thank you so much for joining us today and bringing awareness about support groups. And um, you said at the very beginning, before we started recording, that support groups really and truly are are your passion, that you have seen you have seen the value of them and how they can change lives. And so thank you so much for sharing that passion with us today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cancer Conversations on Talking Facts. Our goal is to connect you with the latest advances in cancer research in the Commonwealth. If you enjoyed today's podcast and have a suggestion for a future show topic, please message us on the UK Markey Cancer Center Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash UK Markey. 
or visit our website at markey.uky.edu for more information. You can find University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension programs at your local Extension office or online at fcs.uky.edu. Building strong families, building Kentucky. It starts with us.